Mostly the you got photographs from them. <laughs> yes, of course. Can we get them of the Beatles? Yes, <laughs> oh, lovely! That'll be awesome. It was not like that actually, uh, because <laughs> in, in the old days, the Beatle, uh, you know, you couldn't run a Beatle from Greater Kailash to Defence Colony without it overheating. Yes. So, if you were a Beatle owner, you know where all the people trees were and where you know the Skanjivi <laughs> Wala was close to the people tree, and. Two things happened. You became a mechanic, a really good one. Yeah. You also became an avid reader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know where the best lemonade in town was. <laughs> so, 45 minutes at each stop for the Beatle to cool down. You could run through one of Ruskin Bond's short, <laughs> short stories story. of the Himalayas. Absolutely. And uh, we uh, modified that Beatle to take in a gypsy engine, which was water-cooled. and it was done at my garage it was probably the first beetle that was modified in that way in the country wow mm-hmm. and then just as a it's possible a, to do that yeah and just to test it we went on this crazy expedition and we did 
Pangong, and we did Somariri, and okay. we did Climb Changla and Khadungla and everything. And uh, in those days, the road was not tarmac, it was mm. really, really rough. And we came back. But during that journey, we, at least I thought that this is a fabulous place to run a rally. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it is, you know, one of the wonders of the world, actually. Right. And at such high altitude, yes. by doing nothing except by the accident of birth, right. or being born in the Himalayas, the rate is the highest rally in the world. It yes. is. So, recently the Dakar has been inching upwards towards 4,500 meters. Mm. But otherwise, rallying was not allowed really above 3,000 meters mm. because of the effect it had on the engines. Mm-hmm. So, the engines would lose 30% power. Mm. Once again, the factory teams were the ones to complain. And there was turbocharging was not permitted in petrol engines. Mm-hmm. Of course, it is in diesel engines. And... Uh, they can outperform a non-turbo petrol car in the mountains any day. Right. But we do close to 6,000 meters. Hi, I'm uh, Vijay Parmar, and you're listening to the Biker Radio broadcast. So who was with you on the Beetle when you were, were you alone? Or? No, there was uh, the, the guys whom I went with uh, for this journey had previously done a short trip in Spiti. Okay. Okay. Where... Uh, another friend was with me at that time who uh, was completely useless in you know helping me fix the car etc and uh, didn't know how to pitch a tent (laughs) couldn't cook food Mm. so generally he was like the last so (laughs) 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 so so for this one I chose more sensibly and I took a family retailer Uh, along with me uh, okay okay who makes the most amazing meat chawal uh-huh. and uh, who can pitch a tent and who can help out with repairs. Okay. Generally, who awesome. who provides grounding to the whole trip. Uh-huh. So, wait. so, yeah, so he, he was there. Of course, there were three cars. Okay. So, he used to keep shifting amongst them uh-huh. because uh, his simplistic point of view was not always the same as mine. Mm. But since he's been with me now, today he's been with me for 37 years. Okay. So he's like a family member. Right. So I knew him well enough to tell him to get out of the car and go sit elsewhere. (laughs) (laughs) What is his name? His name is Santram. Okay. But he's known as Santi by everybody. (laughs) So Santi is, uh, he was with me on that drive. Because, you know, after every fifth day, you uh, build up enough pressure, steam, to not want to see anybody of your friends again for at least a day. Yes. We call this the fifth day syndrome of the Himalayas. So if you're on a trip with any of your buddies, after the fifth day, you can't stand them. Right. So it was good to have Sandram there. I could tell him, go to the other car. Yeah. (laughs) Hi, I'm uh, Vijay Parmar. 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 And you're listening to The Long Way Home. So, Shandy, have you heard of the fifth day syndrome? I've been through it. You have? Yeah. Uh, my commiserations. <laughs> so, for all those of you who go on these long rides, another thing to look out for, apart from the usual AMS or altitude mountain sickness, is called AKS. Hey. Hey. What is that? This ka sickness. Achha, AKS. Hanji, this is no joke though. I mean, the last thing you want is tensions within the group. 
which is the bane of all group rides well it's you know it's better to be prepared for it absolutely i agree because one thing that can screw anything is bad vibes yeah so but you know only a true soldier makes the best general i salute that you have to know the lay of the land to make it as a good race director and that too for such a long time so on the long way home we're exploring what got vijay into rallying hi i'm uh, vijay parmar 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 and you're listening to the long way home between 86 when i started marshaling at the himalayan and 88 when i started competing in between that started uh, a team called team thunderbolt which was sponsored by the brewery mm-hmm. okay which eventually produced some of the greatest uh, drivers and riders in the country to a uh, tragic incident in 94 where i lost one of my friends to a very freak accident after which i stopped racing okay i stopped rallying myself otherwise i'd look after the team and rally uh-huh. myself on motorcycles okay and it was definitely in 89 that i realized that motorcycling was what i wanted to do and not driving around in cars and trucks and four wheel drives and you know though i'm passionate about them also right but when it comes down to the racing bit of it then it's always been motorcycles mm-hmm. so did a whole heap of rallies between 89 and 94 okay almost mm. 34 35 rallies uh-huh. podiums in 33 events uh-huh. and uh, never really uh, did not finish on any of those mm-hmm. subsequently we started officiating at other people's events okay okay we qualified as uh, scrutineers and stewards of the federation okay mm. and when i say we it's the three people who eventually started himalayan motorsport and the reddy himalaya and they are so there's uh, manjeet bhalla mm-hmm. who used to be a very famous navigator with a foreign driver called flory rootart during mm-hmm. the himalayan mm-hmm. extremely accomplished uh, navigator as well as a uh, road book maker and uh, you know completely clued up on rallying mm-hmm. by the road book you mean the tulip yeah so the tulip but the road book is not so simple as just the tulip as what we have in the treasure hunts and in okay. other stuff like that okay uh, out here it's very cool okay turn left from the third roundabout that way out there there is no roundabout no yeah, when yeah. you're in the desert so yeah. it's on uh, compass right. headings and things like that right plus you have to find the route right out here there's no problem no yeah. you you go away from yeah you can go from here to greater kailash and then mm. so and that's the so he he's really uh, and he's now with the federation he heads the off road commission mm-hmm. he's been on the federation for a long time okay so that's one then we have atul handa mm-hmm. who is to be navigating another driver called jagwant gill for mm-hmm. the himalayan mm-hmm. and uh, we all do other stuff this is not done as a job okay so bhalla runs a helicopter skiing company Uh-huh. which does heli skiing right. out of manali honda uh-huh. is a guy who builds hydro projects uh-huh. and i have a garage in simla uh-huh. yeah. so that is our real job uh-huh. the incredible part about the reddy himalaya is that it does not it's not a business uh-huh. it's a club activity uh-huh. and it's totally volunteer uh-huh. and uh, nobody gets paid uh-huh. Okay. So whatever time you put in, whatever you do, it's your. It's for the love, love of it. Yeah. 
which is really difficult to believe after 20 years this year will be the 20th red himalaya right so we uh, often question ourselves when things are not going to well that why the hell are we doing it mm-hmm. and at this point in time we are again at the same question again mm-hmm. that why are we doing it so with um, how it started was essentially in 1999 mm-hmm. all rallying in north india came to an end there was no event left why was that because the events were largely located in the south mm-hmm. okay the federation of motorsports clubs of india was located in chennai okay and they were south centric all okay. the uh, yeah national rally championship events had gone to the south yeah and the one rally that was there the desert challenge uh, yeah. was now considered not good enough to be part of the championship okay in 1999 so we were all a bit aggrieved about that right there was also this huge north south divide in motorsport okay and uh, between there is, there is one i i sorry yeah, yeah. there is there is there okay. is always no. so everything is chennai centric okay of course now not so right now we've come a long way after that right. but at that time it was pretty much uh, territorial territorial yeah mm. and if it wasn't in chennai then it was in bombay mm because the second federation came up for a while in bombay okay so it was all i mean bombay is not south india it's central india but yeah. uh, in our uh, estimation chennai was as far away as bombay is if right. we were out of chandigarh or simla right so we we decided that we are going to do an event right and we are going to do not we are not going to do a two day small stage rally but we are going to do a, a marathon event Yeah. And everybody said that this is really ambitious and you guys don't have the necessary wherewithal experience. Of course we had the experience. Mm. But not in organization. This was our first organized event yeah. from our club. So we started the club yeah. in 1999 in September I think and uh, by October we did the first Red Himalaya. Which was a 4 day event started Simla went to Manali went to Kaza came back to Manali came back to Simla. and uh, it worked well we just had uh, 19 participants okay but we ran that event hi i'm uh, vijay parmar parmar and you're listening to the biker radio broadcast broadcast from there of course the first year it was uh, largely it was totally sponsored by the government of himachal pradesh okay they wanted to bring the himalayan rally back onto the tourism calendar so okay. the tourism department and the department of youth services and sport pitched in and they stood by us and in 99 we ran the first red himalaya okay the next year maruti pitched in as a sponsor and they've been the title sponsors till uh, the last running of the event in 2017 okay so 19 years uh, yeah. they've been the title sponsors for the event right largely because of that support yeah we've been able to grow exponentially both in quality of uh, stages in terms of uh, the rallying expertise also in terms of hugely increased safety mm-hmm. because in the himalayas if you make a mistake it can often be fatal mm. so the safety aspect has to be there it's not really uh, you can, the only safety that you really put in is pre event uh, scrutiny of the cars and the gear and you know that everything is according to what it should be by the FIA which is the international uh, federation but 
what most people call safety is actually just damage control. Hmm. So if a car does have a crash and it goes off the side and it's in a gorge, then what are you going to do to get the guys out and into a hospital in such a way that their lives can be saved or mm-hmm. right. uh, they can be, you know, rescued, be given, rescued immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So we then started evolving systems. Some of them are copied from the Western rallies. Mm-hmm. But uh, those, those uh, we were not able to copy completely, obviously, because uh, you don't have half the facilities available yeah. in those areas. I mean, we don't have cellular signal where we are running a rally. Right. So how are you going to track cars and how are you going to know? So then we had to evolve our own systems. And uh, now, of course, we have helicopter rescue and we have, uh, you know, life-saving ambulances from Fortis mm-hmm. on the course and... We have a very uh, extensive uh, radio network, mm. a VHF radio network. We have mm. our own licenses and our own sets. Wow. And uh, we have as many as 85 cars along the stage uh-huh. every so many kilometers mm. to monitor the passage of each and every single rider or car guy. And uh, that's how we keep things in check. The Biker Radio Broadcast. Listen, connect, ride on. My way. Hi, this is Sarah Kershaw for Biker Radio Broadcast. I'm right now in Manali and it is raining here quite badly. I have just come back from a ride from Manali to Sarchu and came back. It was snowing at Barlashla and even today it's raining here. So I would suggest everybody who's coming this way, please do carry rain gear. Otherwise, you will all be drenched and miserable. And by the time you cross over Barlashla and reach Sarchu, you'll all be sick. So it's better to carry good rain gear right now in this weather. It is monsoons here and I'm now living in Manali. So I'm giving you a first-hand experience of Rotang Pass right now. All slushy, muddy and really wet. I would also like to encourage all the women riders who would like to go to Ladakh. There is this ride that we are organizing and Anita Krishnan, my friend, is leading that ride. It's a women's Ladakh ride, Himalayan Escape Season 2, which we are organizing next month in August. And it will be a great weather to ride to Ladakh then and you'll have complete service packed up and everything. You can contact me or Anita Krishnan on our Facebook pages and we'll be happy to tell you the details of the ride. And if you have already been to Ladakh, then another way of witnessing this beautiful land I would suggest is actually going for Raid the Himalaya. I know it sounds really intimidating when we talk about the raid, but even if you're an amateur rider, this year you have a great category where you can come and experience the raid. It's called the Adventure Trial. So you would not have a maximum permissible lateness, which means you can ride at your own pace and make sure that you haven't missed any of the checkpoints and reach the finish line. I think it's an amazing, amazing way to experience the raid. So even if you're a motor blogger or a leisure rider or, you know, you just ride for fun, you can actually come and enjoy Raid the Himalaya this year. The entries are already closing, so you need to really register soon if you want to come and experience that beautiful event. It's one of my favorites and I encourage everybody to come and experience Raid once in a lifetime, especially when it's the 20th year of Raid. This is Sarah Kershaw for Biker Radio Broadcast and this is my way. My way. Well, thank you, Sarah, for the my way. Well, pardon the bad audio at times, but you can get in touch with either Sarah or Anita Krishnan on their Facebook pages to ride out in August with them.
Now, the Raid the Himalaya 2018 is from 6th to the 14th of October. All right. You can check out the raid at www.xraid.in. You could ride, officiate, sponsor, or just be a spectator. In fact, the Kulu Dashera starts this year on 30th September. So you got a week of Kulu Dashera and a week of raid to follow that. It doesn't get better than this. The Biker Radio Broadcast. Listen, connect, ride on. Welcome back to The Long Way Home on the Biker Radio Broadcast. I'm Shandy. And I'm Sunny. Well, they say if you really want to get to know someone, travel with them. And we asked Vijay what he thought. Hi, I'm uh, Vijay Parman. And you're listening to The Long Way Home. Despite this tough exterior that you have, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you've nurtured some great relations. Mm-hmm. Friends over a period of time. Yeah. Not many, but very few good ones. Very few good ones, right? Yeah. So, uh, there's, this, there's this saying that if you really want to get to know a person, travel with them. The That's road true. brings out the crap. Uh, to, uh, to a point, if you really want to get to know somebody, well, marry them. And uh, <laughs> okay. that will certainly bring it out. <laughs> Unfortunately, in rallying, when you're conducting a rally, yeah. there are 100 plus participants, 200 participants, each of them coming with their own requests. When the rally is really tough, like the raid is, yeah. then it's most mostly the requests are to circumvent the rules. Mm-hmm. And uh, India is really famous for Jugad. Yeah. However, we don't have any Jugad on the raid, Himalaya. Right. And uh, if you're out, you're out, you're out. And uh, if you're in, you're in. Mm. And if you win it, you win it. Mm. So, over the years, we get a lot of... Uh, request from people who have not managed the minimum speed who are mm-hmm. out on what is known as the min- minimum permitted maximum permitted lateness so they couldn't have an average which was put them in on that and they're out on day one mm-hmm. so you lost friends so you have uh, no you don't lose friends but uh, last year we lost an entire category to this okay. uh, the Moto Alpine which is a three day version of the Moto Extreme which is the six day version mm-hmm. So every single guy on the Moto Alpine was out because they could not make the minimum required time. Mm-hmm. And um, those kind of decisions are quite tough to take because here you're losing a category. Yes. You're not losing one or two participants who could not make it. But you are having to disqualify an entire category. So at that time you put on the hard exterior or whatever, but you have to play by the rules and there's no other way. So you are perceived differently. Right. By somebody who's pleading his case that he may have come from Cochin, for example, and now he just rode one day and uh, he's missed it by one minute or two minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, then what? So you, you definitely have to have a different face to meet that one. Most of the people who meet me on the raid as, uh, as the rally director of the raid would not at all think that I am even remotely humane <laughs> but that's not true uh, the real face is with uh, friends and family mm-hmm. and uh, in fact uh, we had you know Bijoy Kumar who used to be the editor of uh, BS Motoring uh-huh. so he came on the rally one year and uh, obviously we must have been very strict with him or whatever so he also had the same perceptions and when the rally was over he you know we were talking it was over now it was different and uh, we were talking about something and my 
daughter came running from the side and she called out to me and obviously your children are your jewels completely and so I just smiled at her and I said it'll take me five minutes and Bijoy turned around and told me and he says so <laughs> that hard exterior is not the real one so so the thing is basically that you can uh, you know it's basically an act mm-hmm. yeah and you you put it on for 10 days of the rally that. and that's it yeah that's, that's that. it that's right. it so it that's has to be done something has to be achieved right so and if you don't do that then see the eventual uh, last appeal is uh, you before they go to the stewards who are from the federation and um, the rules are the rules yeah i mean it is one good place where there is no jugaad in india i mean so what uh, yeah. if you are related to yeah. the local mla if you are his nephew and you know yeah. therefore you are just behind by 30 seconds and can i please have the 30 seconds so that i can go and get you a you had already dealt with that at the boxing ring in st stephens right no not so much st stephens everything is basically so now st stephens was just uh, you know like yeah but here it must have been janta mera baap kon hai to a great extent because i uh, came up with a guy from hansraj ajat who was clearly 8 kgs heavier than me mm-hmm. yeah. and when we took that up issue with the with the coach and the hansraj team mm-hmm. ramjas team not hansraj but ramjas team okay. who were really fabulous boxers uh-huh. so then i was informed that uh, you know when he went in for his weighing when he went for the weighing and measurements and all that yeah. a week before He may have put on weight afterwards. You know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> Mother sent the CQO from home and all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but uh, you you get a you get a bit of that. Olo pio konsi. Olo pio the hona hi koi. Those days, so life is also much simpler. Even today, actually, the answer to the guy should not be saying if somebody asks you who your dad was you should say that forget about him yeah you deal with me yeah. this is who i am yeah i think we lose a bit of that yeah. by clinging on to uh, you know the reputations of yeah. our fathers or their achievement or our grandfathers right. yeah. and uh, but that's not something that comes naturally your dad never tells you you got to pay half for the bike yeah okay. you get what i'm saying true Yep, true, true. <laughs> Very true. Hi, I'm uh, Vijay Parmar, Parmar, and you're listening to the Biker Radio broadcast. When you think of a name, Raid the Himalayas, a raid. It's like Uttari, right? Uh, I don't know whether it was sensitive enough in the '90s to associate the Himalayas, a name called Raid. because today i see these car advertisements you know mm. i see one of the kapoor kids advertising for it and the cars just kicking up dust and kind of raping the it gives you kind of a license to say you can do this mm-hmm. right and over the years we've been very sensitive to our heritage which is also this the himalayas are absolutely right so we'd like to take care of it as much as I'm sure it's asking a stupid question. Not at all. Not at all. It's asking a very relevant question, actually. Mm-hmm. So the raid and this does it go hand in hand? What's your okay, position? Okay, firstly, you were not born in the Himalayas, I assume. I was. Right. Mm-hmm. And the state of Himachal was founded by my grandfather, 23 years as chief minister. He is the founder of Himachal Pradesh. Okay. Okay. So we are more than aware of our heritage. Mm-hmm. Correct. Number one. Number two is raid the Himalaya. Right. It is not raid the Himalaya. Right. Uh-huh. It is French. Right. 
because my granny was part French. Right. Okay. Now we come to the word raid. Right. We take it in the French context and not in the Punjabi one. Pardon my French. What does raid mean? Raid actually means a long distance marathon event. Is that what it is? It is what it is. Okay. And if you were to Google rally raids, okay. you will find there are many rally raids across the world. Okay. In Europe, in the Sahara, the Dakar is a rally raid. Mm-hmm. It is the rally raid. Right. Mm-hmm. So, this is something which has come up time and time again with bureaucrats, with politicians, with the local NGOs who are keen to get a little ledge to hang on to. Oh, so I'm not and the first smartest to ask. You're not the first. You're okay. standing at the back of a very, very long line. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. But every guy who asks this question must be given a proper answer. Okay. So, when we say the raid de Himalaya or the raid do Himalaya, it stands for a long marathon rally okay. of the Himalaya. Right. Okay. Not raiding the Himalayas. Right. Everybody get that correct. <laughs> it's not raiding the Himalayas, which is and have the fake sticker manufacturers who plagiarize our logo. Uh-huh. Yes. Put it as raid T-H-E Himalayas, okay. in which it changes the context completely, completely. Okay. and take the D-E away and replace it with T-H-E. Yeah. So, that is that is where it goes out. Thank you for clarifying that. So, it is a marathon event right. of the Himalaya mm-hmm. and uh, through the Himalaya, but not raiding the Himalaya because, to be quite honest, frankly speaking, we don't raid the Himalayas. They raid us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and time and time again, yeah. if you were to pit your puny tiny self <laughs> against the Himalayas, the mountain we'll doesn't do you. anything. Yeah. It just stands there, it just stays there and it will snuff out your life if need be mm-hmm. before you know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, on various occasions, 2004, we are trapped in a snowstorm at Barlacha. Mm-hmm. 75 cars are stuck in two and a half feet snow. Huh. The balanced gypsies and four-wheel drives ferry everybody down to Patsyo camp. Okay. 300 people are rescued yeah. by the raid competitors and officials. Yeah. And we leave those cars up on the pass. Hi, I'm uh, Vijay Parmar. And you're listening to the Biker Radio broadcast. broadcast. BBC, of course, says 75 cars vanish in blizzard on the raid de Himalaya. Uh-huh. And, uh, of course, there's panic everywhere because there's no telecommunication. Right. And, uh, as you know, in our, this thing, satellite phones aren't permitted. Right. In case they save lives. Yeah. Which can't, which is something that we shouldn't be doing. Yeah. So, 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 we have a lot of, uh, limitations here. Yeah. But, 2004, then, three gypsies go up the next day. Mm-hmm. Because... The army says we have to wait for two, three days before the avalanche-prone area, mm-hmm. uh, you know, settles down. But yeah. we take three gypsies back up and we take a whole lot of uh, drivers back up, uh, rally drivers with us. And we bring down 75 cars, 24-hour operation. Okay. So, the Himalayan Motorsport got really raided on that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're reaching Srinagar in 2005 mm. when the whole raid convoys hit by an earthquake. Uh-huh. Mm. And uh, 
there is like absolute mayhem between place called Gandharbal and Srinagar. Mm-hmm. And that's the year when the Uri Muzaffarabad. Right, right, right. right. Uh, you know, damage. The, big, the, the big earthquake of 2005. So we are actually just driving in at that time. Okay. And I am on a suspension bridge and the whole bridge starts shaking up and down. And I've stopped behind a bus which is stopped in the middle of the bridge. Oh, and I'm God. wondering what the hell is going to happen now. And the whole bridge is going up and down. <laughs> and uh, first I didn't understand what was happening till I saw the power lines also shaking on the side. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was a bit interesting. And You've been uh, tossed around, I guess. We, no, no, it's inside the car, the suspension is working. You're not in danger of anything okay. unless the bridge breaks. Yes. So, 2005 also, we had a bit of an experience there. And 2007, once again, the rally is truncated by another massive snowfall on Barlacha. Mm -hmm. Then 2012, (coughs) we are almost shut down at Kunzum in another snowstorm. So, the struggle is with the Himalayas and it only brings respect. uh, Because... The mountain is actually just laughing at you. Yeah. And you are struggling just to stay alive. So, it is also part of the the charisma of the event. Absolutely. That being a true adventure, you don't know how it's going to turn out. 19 years, it's done very well for itself. It has and yet... Where is it going forward? Uh, that That's an important part, is that we are suffering great habitat loss. Mm-hmm. Okay. The roads are being tarmacked. Whereas we need uh, rough roads, which will also, as a little aside, I'll come back to your bit about dust being kicked up. Okay. Dust is from the earth. Right. It is kicked up far more severely by the high mountain winds and it goes back to the earth. Correct. So, it is only your guilt right. that allows you to think that a car kicking up dust... Right. Is doing more damage okay. than a Sirocco kicking up dust in a desert. Okay. Or uh, mountain wind kicking up dust. It'll, it completely clouds it out to a point where you can't see. Sure. But it all settles down and what it was before it still is. Right. It comes back to the plane, it comes back to earth and dust mm. is dust. Right. Mm. So, whom does it bother? It bothers you if you are breathing it. So, it's basically... A selfish interest. If you are not there, it doesn't bother anyone. Mm, right. So, we need to take these things also practically. Absolutely. When we say that we had a small hydro project fail and so the village walls got washed away. Mm. When a tsunami hits, whom do you blame? Yeah. But that is nature's fury. Right. And nature's fury is far in extent of one little Hyundai Greta going round and round. Mm. Right. And uh, though of course, to be sensitive to these things is a different matter altogether. One has to be totally sensitive to them. Right. And uh, yet at the same time, one must not lose that particular point, which is the human being must be challenged at all times. Right. And without this challenge, or as I say, without this seemingly impossible challenge, we are nothing. We are nothing at all. So if we are not challenged, we cannot grow bigger than ourselves. We just remain small people, cogs in the wheel, going to work, coming back. And there is nothing that you are achieving which will eventually define humanity 
world's greatness one day. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for the explorers, you wouldn't have found new lands. Great Britain would still be a small island, which right. is very green, right. all year round, very cold and drizzly and yeah. inhospitable. Yeah. And uh, people wouldn't <laughs> smile much, but would have a great sense of humor, which is a... Oxymoron, all this. Only the manager. That's quite a. <laughs> they just drink tea, I guess. Hi, I'm uh, Vijay Parmar, Parmar, and you're listening to the Biker Radio broadcast. And on that note. Time now to take a tea break ourselves. अब जब टी से बात निकली है तो यही सही. आप सुन रहे हैं ट्रक साइरी. हो चाय पे चर्चा या फिर मन की बात हो चाय पे चर्चा या फिर मन की बात चाहे रात में दिन हो या दिन में रात ब्रेक सू घर तेरे घिस गए ब्रेक सू घर तेरे घिस गए किस वक्त भी छोड़ दे के तेरा साथ प्लीज ओके टाटा हाय आई एम विजय परमार 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 and you're listening to the long way home if you've been listening to our episodes you'll notice that truck shairi has been our latest serving on the menu it's completely focused on road safety and we suggest that you listen to the pack episodes if you haven't heard them already all right moving on on the long way home comes many a bend some of them are unforeseen and can have you belly up what it does for sure is change your perspective here's what vijay has to say on change Hi, I'm uh, Vijay Parmar, Parmar, and you're listening to the Long Way Home. The garage in Simla. You yeah. started it. I started it in '88 when I was uh, racing that Mazda through the Great Desert Himalaya. I managed to roll the truck in a place called Pushkum, short of Kargil. Okay. In the one area where for 400 meters there were flat fields on either side, and I rolled the truck six times into a flat field and survived it. I got out of the truck, straightened it out with the help of some red-bearded guys <laughs> who looked completely Pathani and mm-hmm. from Baltistan. That area is Balti. Yes. Yeah. So really strong. The village turned out to straighten the truck out. Okay. Then we refired it yeah. and continued the rally yeah. and finished it. Strangely enough, when I was taking the flight back from Shirinagar to Delhi, uh-huh. we got detoured because of bad weather. Uh-huh. Back. overlay and around that part to delhi and there was this most amazing sunset over the glacier oh. red and everything and it was fabulous and i thought to myself i might have died two days right. back right and i wouldn't have done what i wanted to do so when i then i returned to the homestead i told my dad i said i'm not going to do this stuff anymore and what i want to do is stuff with racing rallying and um, he says okay whatever you want to do you do on your own mm. now rallying is a very expensive sport yeah and 90% of their expenses in preparing your car or your bike yeah so i started a garage hi i'm uh, vijay parmar 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 and you're listening to the long way home what's right. been your favorite motorcycle my favorite motorcycle is uh one that i still have Okay. It's a KTM 450 six days. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, it's a complete out and out rally motorcycle. Okay. It's the base motorcycle on which they built the Dakar bikes. Okay. okay. I used it to rally in 2013 when I returned to rallying. 
after 1994. Hmm. I returned to rallying in 2013 at the Desert Storm Rally. Okay. And how does uh, it feel? I can't tell you how it felt because there were conflicting emotions throughout the entire thing. But it's a good story. And okay. uh, it turned out fairly well. Okay. So, on one of the Red Deer Malayas in 2012, in fact, we had a competitor complaining. He's been on most of the raids. He's a real regular. He's from Delhi. And he came up to me and at the end of the rally, he says uh, that your organization does not look after the motorcyclists. And uh, we feel that we are neglected. So, I told him, I said, I think that's not true because uh, I myself am a motorcyclist and... Uh, because everybody else is a, essentially a car guy. So, they're thinking four-wheelers and I'm thinking two-wheelers only. Mm -hmm. So, I said uh, that is a direct hit on what my work has been for you guys. And I don't take it as, as the truth either. Because mm -hmm. I really uh, do work out all the small details for the bikers. And then he tells me that, you know, actually this friend of mine, his bike broke down on that rally stage which is in the back of beyond. And uh, you guys didn't bring his bike back. And I told him that on no rally is it the organization's responsibility to bring the bike back. Our responsibility is to bring the guy back. Mm -hmm. So did we bring him back? He said, yes, you brought him back. I said, then he has to recover his own motorcycle. And if he was on the Dakar and it was in the dunes, it would just lie there forever. Yeah. So he said, but you're not a biker. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, I've done many more rallies than you have and won many more rallies in <laughs> so I said, okay, the rally's over. Tomorrow, let's race up to Varila Pass. Achha. And let's see Haan. whether you are the biker or I am the biker. So he tells me, he says, no, we won't do that because Haan. I've just finished the rally and I'm exhausted. Haan. But I'll see you on the desert storm. Okay. So fair enough. And it was in front of too many people and it was... <laughs> I did not think that I was 53 at that time. I thought I was still 23. Uh -huh. So, I took up his challenge. Uh -huh. It was only when I went back home and uh -huh. thought about it. Uh -huh. And I realized <laughs> that it might be a bit more than I can chew off at this right. age now. Right. Though I've always owned a motorcycle and I've always ridden every single week. Right. But when you're in your early 30s... And late 20s. This is a big difference from your early 50s. Right. Yes. Your mind still feels you can do. <laughs> mind does, does so many things. Yeah. Such a great friend. <laughs> so, so, That's absolutely true. So, so one thing that has been gifted to all three of us who run the Red Malia is that now we are great logistics guys. Right. And we can tear a problem down into the basic essentials instantly right. and then place it in order of priority to be handled. Correct. So, so you are a solutions guy. Right. So, immediately the thinking was, okay, this is going to take a lot of doing. Hmm. So, let's get the best partners that we can hmm. for this. Hmm. And I took it up seriously. So, I said the first thing is to get the best possible motorcycle that you can. Mm -hmm. It will allow for the deficiencies that you now have as a result of age. So, I sourced this KTM 2012, right. six days. Six days is the absolute top-end custom model made by KTM. Right. And got that bike in. Hmm. Made the few essential modifications using completely rally-rate parts, right. mm -hmm. which are internationally proven, whether it was the sun protection, whether it is the lighting, because you have auxiliary lighting. Right. So, at fairly great cost, 
we sorted out that okay then was the question of training because you now need to get back into training so there was 3 months of training including tours to jaisalmer with the bike to understand what it can do and what it can't do mm. biggest problem being punctures on a rally mm-hmm. which can totally break it mm-hmm. so we imported moose which is put into tires okay and moose is a solid rubber tube right so you can even shoot holes in the tire it will yeah, still not come off no it's pneumatic and it comes with a fixed tire pressure right of having 15 20 pounds okay. for soft Mm-hmm. So we sourced the best possible moves from Michelin, put that in, sorted out the puncture problem. Then comes the fuel. So we sourced the fuel for the entire ride from Delhi, ninety eight, ninety seven. Then we got industrial level micro filters, so, so that when we pour it in, okay. So when we pour it in, there is no chance of the injectors getting clogged. Okay. like that we thought it through backwards through so many years of rallying and preparing rally cars and bikes in my garage for other people mm-hmm. thank god for murphy's law all of that came together right. but murphy's law cut cuts in murphy's law is always there right so we go into this rally with world finest equipment right world finest gear Right. to prevent me from disintegrating once i come off the bike because you will come off the bike there is no way that you won't come off the bike on day 1 i think there are about 40 bikers who are competing right and the average age group is 34 and i am the old man yeah at 53 huh the next older guy is at 40 huh and the, everyone is in the mid 30s or late 20s so First day we go into the whole stage, huh. and it's quite comical because there's a 500 meter sand trail to the start of the first competitive stage, and this has to be done at a leisurely pace. Okay. And I enter the trail, and I look at my GPS, and it's giving me numbers instead of giving me a track. Huh. So I lean out to go to the track page. The moment I go to the track page, I'm on the ground. I lifted my hand off just to press that GPS. Took my eyes off the track for a second, and the next thing Ooh. I knew, I was lying on the ground. Uh. And the guy who is the guy who has challenged me uh. is the guy behind me, uh. and he can't stop laughing. Uh. Actually, neither can I, because I got up, I picked up the bike, and I thought to myself, I said, if you can't go down this damn trail, yeah. I mean, you should just pack up and go home. Yeah. I mean, of course, we are not going home. The Biker Radio Broadcast. Listen, connect, ride on. So we start the stage, mm. and uh, it's a prologue, which is about six kilometers of pure dunes and dips, and it's it's like really really tough. So we come out at the other end, and I do a genuine miscalculation, and I've taken fourteen minutes through it, which I think. And this guy has taken 11 minutes through it, and he's three minutes ahead of me in a seven-kilometer stage. Again, I feel that it's time to go home. But then Trigun comes to the picture. He's part of my backup team, and uh, he sees my card and he says that it's not 14 minutes you've taken. You arrived at 8:14. Okay. So you have taken eight minutes through it, and I have the second fastest time through that stage, the prologue. Uh. By the time the day ends, I am ahead of the second guy by 18 minutes. I am leading the rally, huh. and 
the second guy is 18 minutes behind me huh. and second day we have these long 100 kilometer stage huh. first stage i pick up another 8 minutes on the second guy hmm. so now i'm well into the thing normally in a rally if you win by 2 minutes or 4 minutes you are like it's a lifetime hmm. so i'm very happy with myself things are going fine now we enter into the second stage of the day which hmm. is 80 kilometers and about 40 kilometers into that i am bit aggressive on a corner the rear wheel slides out oh. catches and it high sides me i land on my shoulder and break my collarbone so i can feel the break underneath my that protective vest you have the mm-hmm. chest protector mm-hmm. and so when i'm trying to pick up the bike i can't pick it up uh. because it's spinning yeah. like anything and uh, eventually finally i do manage to pick it up i get on top and mm-hmm. once i put my arms on the handlebars i can feel that mm. <laughs> there's a dislocation where the brake is mm. and you're 53 around 53 right so i go through that stage i'm overtaken by two three guys but i come out of the stage uh-huh. and i'm thinking that wherever i see an ambulance i'm going to stop there and be out of the event so i really thank the organizers for being uh, so well organized that there was no ambulance for 50 kilometers <laughs> and i <laughs> exited the stage and there of course my service was there and we are allowed to trailer the bike so i immediately get the bike put on the trailer i get into my fortuna and honda is my team manager mm-hmm. okay and we head for jaisalmer go straight to the hospital you check in the bike first go straight to the hospital and they do the x-ray and they hmm. say that brake is there and you so cannot take part okay so we fine second day's results come out i'm still leading at first so we decide that okay enough is enough we're going home tomorrow hmm somewhere through the night we have a little argument and trigun comes back and he says that you can't give it you can't give up because they can't reset it hmm <laughs> they can just put the x bandage so they put the x bandage now go for it so anyway i call up my sister and tell her i have broken my shoulder she says so what put the x bandage and go for it <laughs> so next day oh my god i put on the x bandage and we went for it and trigun is giving me a shot of overrun before the start of every stage oh. and happily i can't feel much during the stage God. So it goes like this for third day, fourth day, fifth day. Fifth day. Now the second guy has come to within three minutes of me. Mm-hmm. I'm still leading the rally with yeah. the broken collarbone. I come around this corner. I leave the main track because it's really churned up by the cars, and I take an outer route. Mm. And it's quite common to go off the track in the desert, and you take another path which has not been plowed. And I accelerating, and there are these small bushes out there. Mm. I just power into the straight and. Beyond the bush, I see there's a freshly dug well. <laughs> the bike goes over, front wheel hits the opposite side. Ah. I accelerate to get over the well and not go inside. You try and accelerate, but yeah. you still hit hit the. So the front wheel hit the other side, and I again got thrown over and landed on my shoulder. Oh no! So by the time I uh, managed to pick up the bike, throw a leg over it, also with the help of a marshalling team that saw this entire drama and came in on the jeep to assist, I have lost about. Five minutes. So there goes the lead. There goes the lead. But since I was already given a overrun shot, I still had medication on my side. Right. So I get onto the bike and I try and make up as much time. And eventually, when I reach the end of the last stage, I've made up all the time except twenty-three seconds. So I come second by twenty-three seconds after two thousand kilometers. And the guy who challenged me is four hours and forty minutes behind me. Wow. 
so no more lahore di galla <laughs> lahore di galla <laughs> so so what we basically uh, it was a very interesting comeback to rallying mm-hmm. after a really long hiatus and it was also brought back the point that essentially if you are a motorcyclist or a motorcyclist and after that i went on to pursue motorcycling more keenly okay because i realized once again there is not something that i've forgotten or left behind it's still very much there the biker radio broadcast listen connect right on biker radio soundboard soundboard hi this is gorav choudhury of wrestling nomads on the biker radio soundboard we are a motorcycle touring company based out of delhi ncr today i will quickly give you a few tips to prepare your motorcycle for the monsoons First of all, keep your chain clean and well lubricated. Use only a good quality chain lube. And secondly, prevent your battery terminals from moisture by coating them with petroleum jelly or grease. Also, coat the chrome parts of the motorcycle with anti-rust solutions much before the rains. Let's talk about brakes and tires. Check that the discs, liners and the inside of the drum brakes are clean and oiled. In the monsoons, it's almost impossible to brake suddenly or hard. to compensate for lack of control by dropping speed also think of upgrading to a higher quality braking system bad tire condition will get you into accidents much quicker so check your tires and if required simply replace them good illumination is also a very important aspect make sure your lights are working properly and are aligned to road focus reflective stickers and bright clothing makes you more visible and can save your life Parking is another important point which should be kept in mind. Park your motorcycle in the shade, but certainly not under the trees. A rain cover for your bike is best to carry along in the monsoons. And lastly, I would recommend to wax your motorcycle. Waxing the bike is an old school technique to protect it from the moisture and make it shine like a diamond. That's it from me, Gaurav Chaudhary, on the Biker Radio Soundboard. Biker Radio Soundboard. Soundboard. Hi, I'm uh, Vijay Parmar. Parmar, 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 and you're listening to the Long Way Home. What about family? Your family? My family. Hmm? Yeah, small family. I uh, have been married to my wife now for 32 years. Okay. Where do you meet her? I met her in JNU. Okay. While doing my masters, she was doing hers, uh-huh. and uh, she's a professor. She teaches at the college above our house. Oh, really? Meets. Yeah. Okay. she heads their department of political science now for many years oh wow and uh, i think if i'd been married to anybody else i couldn't have achieved half of what i've done wow so she's extremely supportive yeah she's the one who got me into rallying actually okay i was not rallying before i was married i was rallying after i got married and uh, what she say we'd gone to see her rally and we saw the first two three guys go by on motorcycles and she says yeah, i think ye to tum kar lo she told me <laughs> you beat that, the that i think you are far better rider i don't know why you come to see these guys <laughs> <laughs> it I, helps when you have I, somebody like I that huh took, yeah I, i took her on it and uh, the next rally i went i won that one out right so wow she was right so then we've got uh, two kids the elder one is a daughter okay younger one is a son okay How old are they? So the my daughter is twenty five. Okay. She's uh, working. She just joined work in London. 
Okay, so she's not at As home. A lawyer, yeah. And son? She works with a corporate law firm. Son is in college. He's also studying. He's going to finish his five-year law program. Okay. So he's uh, captaining his college football team okay, that's in Bombay. Brilliant. He's studying yeah. there in Bombay, GLC. Oh, so both the kids are out of home? They're out of home. Empty nest? No, it's not that. Okay. They, uh, they visit. Of course, my daughter Ria is not uh, likely to visit now that she joined her job. Yeah. So we'll probably visit her. Right. And um, then my mum is uh, very much there. We live with her. Right. Wow. And uh, awesome. My dad, of course, passed on in 2002, 16 years back. Okay. So, so small family. Okay. Small family. My sister uh, lives in Indore. Okay. She's. Uh, she also te- takes uh, business management classes out there, and uh, she's adventurous. How does she know about the collarbone thing? I told her no. No, but and she's uh, trained yeah. somehow medically. She's conscious <laughs> well, about. considering she's the she's the medical rep when anyone in the family has any issues, oh, and okay. so she she's uh, very much clued up on that. Okay, you've been through so many trails. Is there a favorite trail? Call it out down to one. Yeah, well, that would be really, really difficult. But I'm uh, sure it would be because uh, you know the trails change in different climates and different uh, times sure. of the year. And uh, maybe one ride, which you say, "Oh, that, that was fun." Oh man, there are so many. Yeah, but uh, that that was fun is uh, is right. Uh, we have so many rides uh, growing out of Simla itself now uh, yeah. that uh, you can do in one day. Yeah. And when I say one day, it's 24 hours to finish. Okay. And uh, normally we would do it on uh, New Year's. Okay. So it's parts of it are snowed up. Okay. And uh, this year, because of global warming, there was not so much of snow. Right. But otherwise, it it involves uh, riding for 24 hours, and oh. you start at minus six uh, oh. Celsius, and you return at minus 11 Celsius. Right. Right. And uh, it takes in the Shikari Mata Temple, right. and it then goes from there to. The Bijli Mahadev. Right. Then it comes down from there, heads up past Jalori Pass, down to Rampur Busher, climbing Dharangati. It's it's completely uh, crazy right and uh, wow. Not many people would do it in 24 hours. Right. We we got to hear a little bit of it from Trigun. He told us. Uh-huh. Some, uh, he uh, had the privilege of breaking his leg on one of them. Yep. <laughs> so uh, yeah, <laughs> break a leg. He was but, proud. He was proudly. <laughs> yeah. But you look at Trigun there. You see the grit in the man. Yeah. With the broken leg, he rode it, yeah. and I think that is the essence of the Reddy Malia is the never given spirit. Yeah. And uh, whatever is happening, you don't quit. Hi, I'm uh, Vijay Parmar, and you're listening to the Biker Radio Broadcast. You're on the long way home on the Biker Radio Broadcast. I'm Sunny. And I'm Shandy. Well, kudos to Sandeep Gajar and Team XBHP on their 15th anniversary. It takes great and commitment to pursue an idea and see it evolve into being India's largest motorcycling platform. Hats off and all the best for the future, Sandeep. Well, the monsoons are upon us and some of the best riding months are coming up for those of you who either missed it or want to test out your new DSLRs. The clearest skies and the Himalayas are waiting. Right now, we're back on the long way home with Vijay Parmar. Hi, I'm uh, Vijay Parmar. Parmar, 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 Parmar. 
and you're listening to the long way home what do you think about motorcycling going forward where, where do you think it's going are you happy with it as motorcycling for the ordinary person is really on an upscale yeah. it it is going up and up and yeah. uh, with the motorcycles available with the increased safety with the consciousness towards gear coming up yeah. etc i think it's huge okay the future is really out there wow that's and the uh, and the the awareness going up the interest and what all even the indian manufacturers are dishing out mm-hmm. you take the tvs 310 rr which uh, bmw is going to come out with the yeah. 310 r mm. and the 310 gs mm. a huge uh, Hi, I'm uh, Vijay Parmar, 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 and you're listening to the Long Way Home. I'm pretty much old world or old school in this. Yeah. And uh, my advice to all the youngsters, whether they are on social media, whether they're riding, whether they are, you know, wanting to start companies, adventure companies, whatever, is just a simple mantra: under promise, over deliver. Right. Don't make a fuss about it. Let your work speak for itself. Right. If you think you're a great rider, keep it to yourself till people start telling you that you are a great rider. Right. If you do that, there is a there's a great future for you. Most people uh, are under that scene that you know in today's day and age you have to sell yourself. Right. If you got nothing to sell and you're just starting out, you can't sell yourself, <laughs> and you shouldn't try it. Right. You should right. spend all that time that you would spend selling yourself and trying to improve whatever skills you uh, want to spend your life doing. Chudav, you and let it speak for itself. I was sending the Google Map the location, couldn't find you on WhatsApp, and I'm saying, is this guy like seriously old school? He's seriously old school. <laughs> I don't need WhatsApp. Yeah. And uh, why should I have WhatsApp? Yeah. Why I, shouldn't you have I WhatsApp? Have, <laughs> I don't need to know whether the rat ate the cheese in some weird guy's house and who's got tagged himself to my put me into his group and what for? I don't need WhatsApp. And and uh, good news will eventually limp its way down. Bad news you'll hear instantly. <laughs> so tell us that's it. And in a flash just like that Elvis has left the building. Almost felt like a post magic dynamo moment. That's it. Josamap. This has been our longest interview till date. And thank you for listening to the whole show and being such a strong support. We even have somebody call us and ask us last week to upload episode 12B. Yeah. So here it is. He was in a hurry. He was. He loves Vijay like everybody else does. Yeah. So we'd love to hear from you. You can WhatsApp us on 89202766 Seven five or email us at brrodcast at gmail dot com, which is not correct. Mail at brrodcast dot com. So see you on episode number fourteen. Okay, so if you can guess what this is, the beers on us. Cheers. Hapai aban nebe hapar apikabaya padapav yupu apar aban bhai kapa rupee yupu report kapast and yupu apar aban the pa. The bong will pay her pole. Over and out. Over and out. Over and out. Over and out.